fix them without slides. Oh, well, I think the first century church did it just that way in the homes. And there were no PowerPoints. And in fact, there weren't even amplifications. And uh, we will make sure that we can. Oh, yeah. And we'll just work out of the hymn books. How's that? So if you look around behind you uh, in the chairs, we need to grab some hymn books. If the uh, deacons could help do that, that would be very, very helpful. Uh, but in the meantime, while they're working on this, in order to honor your time, because I'm about two hours and 45 minutes for my sermon today, uh, I'm, just, I'm just following Jeff's lead. You know, so uh, if you would please uh, let me have your attention, and we will work through this as best we can. Uh, welcome. Good morning. Welcome to Grace Church. My name is Mike DeAndrea. I'm one of the elders here. And I have the privilege and honor to bring the word to you today. Uh, This is because of Jeff's uh, sabbatical, and we love the fact that he is out on vacation and disconnected for the first time in 12 years, or a long time, even further than that, if you include seminary and all the other things that he had gone through. So thank you for blessing him to get he and Cindy out of here where he can disconnect Recharge his batteries, because we need his batteries charged 100%. So thank you for that. Uh, visitors, by way of orientation, the bathroom is through, the bathrooms are through this uh, back door here, straight across, and dogleg into this overflow room next door. Uh, coffee, water, sodas are over here. Please help yourself. Uh, nursery is for kids four and below, and you enter to the left-hand door here if you need it. Mother's mother's nook is in the back on the right-hand side. There's a screen back there and an easy chair if you have uh, needs for your child. Um, giving boxes are on the back wall. Uh, and at the door, as you go out, um, we do not do a, uh, a, a donation or a collection at Grace Church. We put them on the wall, and we depend on God to provide. And he has so wonderfully over the years. Uh, book center on the rotary rack and on the back wall. Those are free to you. If that will bless you, if you'll read it and you'll use it, please take it for our job as elders in this church, as leaders in this church, is to provide you the best and most accurate information that's going to help you grow. And I think you're going to see that in the message today because if we're not growing, what are we doing? We're dying, right? As a church, as a Christian, we want to see you grow. So please help yourself. If the Lord puts it on your heart to uh, contribute to that, uh, please just make your note on your on your donation that you desire to contribute towards the book. Uh, we have another shipment coming in, I think, this week. So the rack should be fuller next week when you come back with some new, new uh, material. And thank you so much for being here. Other announcements today. Evening service tonight. What a what a great and wondrous day. Book bookends is what I like to call it. Morning service, evening service. How do you begin your day and how you finish your day? If you look at Spurgeon and, and Sproul, a lot of them publish devotionals. Morning and evening. This is a chance for you to come back here this evening at six. Sam will be preaching tonight. Uh, I think he's working through Spurgeon's catechism, if I'm not correct. Uh, and I think that's a wonderful place to end the day uh, that you come on this day that the Lord has made to bring his people in 
to hear the gospel, to live the gospel, and do fellowship in the community of the saints. Uh, laugh. Ladies after 50, tomorrow evening at 6 at Debbie Williams' house. Debbie, raise your hand, please. Right back there. Uh, ladies, if you're over 50, or if you're willing to admit you're over 50, and you would like to attend, please get with Debbie and be a part of that fellowship. Church isn't just Sundays, Sunday evenings, or Wednesdays. It's any time the family of God gets together. And that's what's so important, uh, that we continue to grow, that we continue to fellowship and live this, this life together. Many times we feel like we're the, the lone cowboy out there and we have no one. Well, if you feel that way in this church, then we've got a problem. We're not doing our job. So please know that these opportunities arise and we encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, Monday, the leadership team will be meeting, the elders and the deacons, at 6 p.m. right here. Friends, family of God. I encourage you to pray for the leadership of this church. Pray that we stay on point to God's word of what he wants us to do in this place, not what comes in our minds, because what happens there can be dangerous. So please pray for the leadership. Pray that we would come and be a part of that activity. We have a special opportunity today also. We have the opportunity to receive new members in the fellowship. There are a couple times that I just get so excited about, and that's when people who've come here, who've heard the preaching, or come to faith by hearing the preaching, and then desire to be a part of this family of God. And today we have that opportunity to receive new members into fellowship after the sermon. Uh, Haley Burgess is going to be received. Dennis Jarvis is going to be Denise Jarvis is going to be received as a, a member. Josiah and Sidney Ulrich will be received by the power of the Holy Spirit in the Virgin Mary and born of her, yet without sin. Question number 21, Spurgeon's Catechism. Let us uh, have a time of silence now to prepare our hearts. I love doing this because I can leave the, the world outside the door. I can now focus I'm worshiping our Lord, and I encourage you to do the same. Amen. Our our call to worship comes today from Psalm 101, verses 1 through 3. I will walk with integrity. As men and women of God, this is a wonderful place for us to remember, reflect, and confess if we haven't walked in integrity, to be before the Lord seeking forgiveness and giving Him the honor and praise when we do. I will sing of steadfast love and justice to you, O Lord, I will make music. I will ponder the way that is blameless. Our opening prayer today is follows. Let us pray. Most merciful and magnificent Lord, 
we gather here today to sing praises of your steadfast love, to ponder your ways that are blameless. Father, we offer our worship to you as a sweet incense that may be pleasing to you. We pray that you will turn the hearts of your people from things and worries of this world unto you and to your steadfast love that endures forever. And God's people said, Amen. Please rise. We're going to sing Holy, Holy, Holy. Hopefully. <laughs> well, I think we'll do it. And, and if we need to, stay with the familiar verses and, and go from there.
It Is Well is number 407 in the hymnal. Number 407. Well 
Mike, 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 there. Mike, Mike. Uh, we don't need electronics when we have hearts full of joy to receive the good news of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, our psalm reading comes from the book of Psalms, book number 57. The title of this is, Let Your Glory Be Over All the Earth. This is a psalm that comes from the time when Saul was pursuing David. He had him cornered in the cave, and David cries out, and this is in the first book of Samuel at verse 22. This is when David cries out to God his plight, but he also walks in the confidence that he is God's child, that he is redeemed, he is protected by Father God. So let's read the confidence from Psalm 57. I begin at verse 1 and we read it through the entirety of the, the psalm itself. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me, for you my soul takes in refuge. In the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge till the storm of destruction passes by. I cry out to God Most High, to God who fulfills His purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me. What confidence does that? He will put to shame Him who tramples on me. God will send out His steadfast love and His faithfulness. My soul is in the midst of lions. I lie down amidst the fiery beasts, the children of man whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They set out a net for my steps. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit in my way, and they have fallen into it themselves. My heart is steadfast. My God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. Awake, my glory. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord. Among the peoples, I will sing praises to you among the nations, for your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Here ends God's word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father. Good and gracious God, who at all times attends and stretches the faith of your people with afflictions and blessings, assist us to deliver from the, to deliver us from troubles that are about us now or will come befalling upon us. You are the strength and the fortress of all who love and honor your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray that you would know more and more as we would know more and more 
as we know more about your Dave, your son David. Father, we, as David cried out upon you, Lord, we too should call upon your holy name with confidence, with certainty that you hear the prayer of your children. Lord, lead us into prayer, into your holy scriptures, as only the source that the strength that we can have. Lord, our hope is only found in your Son, Jesus, who makes a way for your people. We pray all glory and honor to you, O Lord. To you be the glory. To you be the praise. In the blessed name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Please stand. Uh, Psalm 43 is our next. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a familiar so we, we may just. Um, we should. I saw them passing out sheets. Okay. So hopefully everyone has it. This is Psalm 43. It's to the tune of God moves in a mysterious way. So we'll be singing God moves in a mysterious way with the lyrics of Psalm 43. Oh, 
Are you amazed? Did you hear the power of the voices of God's people this morning? Uh, what I'd like to do at this point is to thank you for participating. Thank you for digging in. And you know what? I've not seen this church come together so close ever in the past. So everybody sharing today gave my heart just a joy, and I want to thank you for that. Let me pray for the sermon this morning as we begin. Good and gracious God, we come before you once again, seeking your blessing on the preaching of your word. We pray that all that is said today will glorify you and your son, Jesus. Lord, let me preach by the power of your Holy Spirit, all of you and none of me. Father, I pray that you will allow your word to penetrate hard hearts wayward hearts, and that we would hear the truth of your gospel, of your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in your name we pray. Amen. This morning, I've got the privilege of continuing where Corey took us last week. Last week, Corey introduced us to expository preaching from the what... Uh, what the uh, uh, book of Marks of a Healthy Church from Mark Beaver provided for us. He stayed on Mark Beaver's outline for about 30 seconds, and then he moved into Scripture. And I am going to follow that track today. The key was bringing us into a place where God's Word can penetrate hearts, that we become changed men and women. Uh, Beaver's book is good if you don't have it. I commend it to you to read what a church should look like and how we as members of a church should respond. And we get to see that demonstrated today as new members become a part of this church. We are to come together in fellowship. We are to come together in the Word. Now, the first thing I'm going to do is violate Corey's direction from last week of preach expositorily. Because we normally preach one book at a time, and then we stay there. We camp out until. But this is more of a survey of God's word on how we should respond to the word of God, to be in fellowship together. And I will be faithful to the text as I can. Um, The sermon scripture that I chose for this today is one that I find assuring to me, and I pray it's assuring to you. Uh, Hebrews 10, verses 19 through 25, if you have your Bibles, because we have no screens, I encourage you to go there. This is titled, The Full Assurance of Faith. Those of you who are walking in faith in the sound of my voice, this should be a, a, a blessing to you to hear God's word on how he desires this, to respond to this wonderful gift of salvation, knowing that we are not condemned as we should be 
by the sinful lives that we lead or have led or have been blessed to not longer be a part of through the saving grace of His Son, Jesus. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain, that is, through His flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled, cleansed of an evil conscience, that our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for his, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another in all the more as you see the drawing, the day drawing near. Here ends God's word. Amen. Uh, as we begin today, I'm going to give you an outline of where Mark Deaver took us, and then I'm going to deviate from that, as I said. But I think it's important that we establish some fundamentals. If you are a member of a church, I encourage you to look for these things because there are wolves. If you're not a member of a church, then I encourage you to be a part of the body of Christ. As we just read, he promised is faithful. And it's in this fellowship that we're experiencing here today that the true gospel gets lived out and we get to exhibit it and receive the gift. Uh, before we begin what it's, about, what it's like to be a part of a membership, I want to go back to just a fundamental step. What is a church? What is the mark of a healthy church? What does that look like in the world today? I'll submit to you, friends, that it's not the same everywhere. And you need something called discernment. And you're going to hear me harp on that over and over again. Do you hear the Word of God preached? Is the Word of God total and sovereign as it's preached to you? Are people living out in the fellowship of God the Word as it's been preached? So the church, the term church, is a New Testament word. You don't find the term church in the Old Testament. You find it 108 times in the New Testament. In the letters that were written by the apostles to the churches that were dispersed around the, uh, the region of, of uh, the Middle East, these letters went out as shepherding those flocks. And you're, you'll see some common threads that it will take, take place. You'll see... Letters of encouragement. You'll see letters of direction and counsel. Then you'll see also what? Letters of correction where they've gone astray. And that comes from oversight or people responsible. Paul and the apostles were responsible for the churches that went out 
And when error came into the church, they were quick to try to send correction. Loving, kind, benevolent correction that the churches wouldn't stray from the truth or water down the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, as we try to understand what the church is, Matthew, Matthew 16, 18 tells us, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Peter has just confessed the headship of Christ, who is the head of this church. There is no elder in charge of this church. There is no deacon in charge of this church. Nobody's in charge of this church but Christ Jesus. And if we're not preaching his word, if we're not living the lies he calls us to lead, then you need to tell the leadership that we're off base. And I open the door for that because we need to hear the correction that you, if you have a question, every week that Jeff preaches and Corey preaches and others preach, you hear what? If you have a question, if you didn't understand something, come to us. Come and see and let us talk about it. Because we don't want you walking out the door confused. We don't want you walking out the door with a wrong idea of what we are and what we do. Uh, the word church comes from the Greek word kairos, which means Lord. This is the title that Christ gave himself to Lord. Um, the church consists of a couple things, one of which is not a building. It's the people. You are the church, my friends. You are the people. And I'd like to give you kind of a common definition on the slide that's behind me. <laughs> the local church is a gathering of those who believe in Jesus Christ as, a save, as Savior and Lord, who are committed to meet regularly for the sacraments, worship, teaching of Scripture, fellowship, and prayer, and who help make disciples of all people under their leadership of elders, who are responsible for the souls of its members. The picture of a Christian being committed to a local gathering of believers in Christ is what the picture of the church is. And I encourage you Start thinking this way. If you don't, if you do, I pray that I'm encouraging you from what your expectations are of a church and what that is. I said it a minute ago. Church is not a building. This church has been in several buildings since its inception to include a beer hall, hotel, and all kinds of other places that, that God has led us. And he's led us here for this season. We're busting at the seams and it's uncomfortable sometimes and the AC doesn't work all the time. and Sometimes we have lightning strikes that take out the grid. But you know what? God's Word continues to go out in this place. And that's the Gospel that we want you to see and be a part of. Uh, another word in, the, in ecclesiology uh, for church is a gathering or an assembly. I'm giving these rich words, these word pictures, so that you can grow and appreciate the Scriptures as you read them. Um, 
the book of Acts is where I like to camp out. If you want to see a picture of the church, the early church, doing church together, the family of God coming together, you will see them and you will see what they did together. Originally, they met in synagogues. They went back for the Jews to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And that lasted until the persecution came. And God, in His wonderful wisdom, His wonderful, magnificent plan for for His people, dispersed these people further and wider out. Jeff had preached a sermon on that a number of uh, years ago about how the church was dispersed and God's Word was going into the far reaches. So as the Jews rejected, many of the churches ended up as secret churches in the homes of people. What's happening in China today, friends? The underground church is the largest growing body in the world. Why? Oppression. People going after the followers of Christ. People are being persecuted and people are dying for their faith. But that dispersion that God started has not stopped. God's Word is going out through the preaching of His Word into the world today. And I am so thankful for that. Church is people, not buildings. Get that home. Get that home. We don't need a building. We need people to be a part of that. And yes, one day it would be nice to have a church home. But that's a season that we're not in yet. And in God's timing, He'll do that. But you know what our plan is as we come into that new building, whenever it comes, plant other churches. Because that's what it's about. It's not standing here and building a, a, a cathedral. The plan is to send people out into the highways and byways from Grace Church. So, friends, be encouraged that that this this is about you. It's about you and how you facilitate God's Word. Because you're the ones that are going to go and love your neighbor. You're the ones that are going to go share the Gospel with your friends. You're the one that's going to carry God's Word. And that is a responsibility that I welcome and I encourage you to welcome as you go into your workplaces and to school. Church, Grace Church, God's Church, has two offices. Elder and deacon. Elder sometimes slash pastor, meaning one and the same. But there are certain responsibilities that these elders have. And I'm giving you all this background so that you can look as when I want to become a member of a church, what do I want to look for? Is God's Word a, a, an idea that's not used? Or is it God's Word that is preached and lived by the people there? So elders have responsibilities. And people have responsibilities. And we'll talk about that. The elders' responsibilities are guarding the souls of those who God has brought into membership. Friends, know that you're prayed for by name, by your elders. No, we do value coming into your homes. That's not to be invasive into your private lives, but it's to come into your homes to let you know that your elders love you and care enough about you 
that we want to meet with you in your terms and not in our terms. Opening your door is a God-honoring thing. That we are to preach the word, as has already been said, but we're also to worship, as we've done here today. Celebrating the sacraments. Last week, we did what? We had the Lord's Supper. Two weeks before that, we had something that took place here also. What was that? Baptism. Those are the two sacraments that we celebrate at Grace Church. That's following God's word. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. Uh, We meet on Sunday evenings and on Wednesdays. One of the other commandments that we strive to follow is to be that house of prayer. When I see the email chains that go out for people that are sick, infirmed, or in the hospital, it amazes me how quickly this body distributes God's Word in love to the brethren and come together in prayer. We're to evangelize. We're to take this Word that we've got out into the world. But there's some other ties here that we need to look at too. We are a body of like-minded people. That like-mindedness is Jesus Christ and His Word preached. His Word treasured. And more importantly, His Word lived out by us. How do we do that? How do we grow in it? My second point that I want to go to today is a mark of a healthy church is our response to the salvation. If Corey has preached the Word of God, if Jeff has preached, if I've preached, and you have received Christ, how do you grow? I remember when I was a new believer, I didn't have really any idea what I was supposed to do. I had this this love in my heart. I had this, this new life that God had given me. He had redeemed me from hell. Now, what do I do? How do I grow in this? Friends, I submit to you that it's brothers and sisters in the Lord that come alongside you to help mature you, to grow you. It is the love of God to love Him more and more. The the mark of a healthy church is its members respond to the gospel. We respond to that gospel, and then what happens? Uh, I don't know about you, but I felt like I was in a cage. I I was amazed because I had a very, very dark, sinful life before God pulled me into His house. And I confess that to you. But it was by His grace in Christ alone, by faith alone, that I was redeemed and brought into His kingdom. And out of that, I had this joy. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know quite how to, to do this. When my wife became a believer, I thought she had gone off to the Looney Tunes. She couldn't get enough of God's Word. She couldn't talk about it enough. She was slain, if you will, with this new found love of Christ. And what a joy. What a joy to hear. And I thought she seriously was off the edge. But in time, she came before I did. Just so you know, she was an early riser and I was a little bit later. Men are always slower to learn, right? So, Christ came into her life, came into my life. And there are some things that we as believers should consider as we respond to God's Word. First thing that comes to my mind is joy. 
Joy of knowing I'm no longer condemned. Joy knowing that I have a home. Knowing that Christ has died for my sins and made me a promise. That promise is an inheritance. That inheritance is the kingdom of God. That when I die, absent from this body, absent from this body, I will be present with the Lord. I don't have to worry about being condemned for my sins. When Christ died for me, Father God sees my life as pure because of His pure life that He saved me with. And I encourage you to dwell upon that. Um, We prayed this morning with David. He had a confidence of God in his life. God's assurance for him. God's protection for him. He cries out. If you want to bury your heart and look at the man David, sinful to to the highest degree, um, a warrior. He had taken lives. All these things. But God used him. He was God's son. So, in David, we can read the Psalms and be encouraged. And I encourage you to do that. Um, One thing that comes to my mind is a faithful and thankful heart. Can you be thankful for what God has done in your life today? Think about these things. Do you thank Him in the morning when you rise up? Do you thank Him for getting through the day? Do you thank Him as you lay your head down at night that you were able to see the light of another day? Friends, I encourage you. If you're not thankful, stop and evaluate where you are, please. Um, You can't help but respond when you think that you are, are or were condemned to death. To know that Christ has put His hand upon you and made a way to an inheritance in the heavenlies. Um, Through this, through this wonderful salvation that he offers, we begin a process called sanctification. That sanctification process is woefully slow. This is where we shed our former sin life. This is where we seek to grow in God's Word. We seek to know Him more, to be in fellowship with like-minded people, and to set aside the old Mike DeAndrea. And you didn't want to know the old Mike DeAndrea, I'll tell you right now. But, in that, we set aside and we become that new person in Christ. Um, As we shed this process, sometimes you fall out of Sometimes you sin. Sometimes you do not live up to even your own standards, no less God's standards. But we have an option, friend. We have the option of repenting, bowing down before God and saying, Lord, forgive me. I've had a crossword with my wife where I have not been pleasant to my children. Forgive. Go to God first, then go to your children and ask for forgiveness. Change your whole outlook on life. It really does. Go to your spouse and ask them for forgiveness. This long, it's a long path. It's all the days that you have left. It's painfully slow sometimes. <sighs> Obedience brings a number of things. 
What was precious to us no longer is precious. Obedience brings us to the command or requirement to desire to be in fellowship. Now, I'll tell you right now, there is no scripture reference that says, Thou shalt join a church. Okay? Anybody tells you that, they're, they're, they're full of beans. The, the scripture does is it allows us to be able to desire to be with like-minded people. Desire to be in this house of worship anytime the lights are on. And it's not out of obligation, it's out of joy and being obedient to God. So I encourage you to think about that. By being in fellowship, we thank God for what He's done in our lives. My third point this morning in the marks of a healthy church is just that. Membership in a like body. And what I mean by this is it's an individual responsibility to make the strides to desire to be in fellowship. There are people that you will never, ever want to go out and have a coffee with in the church. That's called sanctification. That's how we learn to grow with one another and how we desire. And, and you know what? Many times those people that were the, uh, the itchy wool shirt <clears throat> in your life become your best friend in the middle of a crisis. They're the one you want to go to that when you need help. Amanda... To, to confide in a woman going to a woman to share in her life the tragedies, the joys, those items that we do as we live this life. Christ told us what? We will have trials. Friends, if you're trying to do it by yourself, what are you going to look like at the end of the day? I encourage you. This is your church family. As Jan and I traveled this country through 22 years in the military and government service and business, we didn't have an extended family. Our families were all left behind. Our kids were gone. And we're empty nesters now. Friends, I look at my extended family as each of you. Think of it that way. This is the family. And there are people here that I irritate. And I ask your forgiveness, and there's some of you that irritate me. But if we're not doing that, we're not living life together, are we? So think about that. And yes, it's interesting when you do that. Uh, we get out of this building out of our desire to share the gospel. Um, we have scripture that will commend us to go out. As, as many of you know, I have been uh, going, to, and some of us have been going to the landings for about a year now, uh, which is a retirement village on Sunday evenings once a month. We have been camped out in the book of First Peter. We've made it all the way to chapter 2 of First Peter in the last year. Why? And I want to read this to you because this sets the tone for those who you are in fellowship with. First and foremost, Christ, but secondly, those people around you. This is a letter that was written by Peter to the persecuted church in Turkey, modern-day Turkey. They were under heavy persecution. They were being chastised and robbed and beaten down, literally. But Peter says this, 
And if you think about this as we look in perspective to our lives, it will come alive for you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who are by God's power being guarded through faith for a salvation, ready to be revealed in the last times. In this, rejoice, though for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, May, the, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you have loved him. Now I'm going to skip down just a little bit here. Therefore, to verse 13, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you were living in ignorance. But just as he who called you to be holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. There's our guidebook. That's how we respond we desire to be holy. We desire to remember the gospel. We desire to be in God's good graces by being obedient to him. Peter's writing this church not just as an individ- as a individual letter. He's writing it to the church body. And if you look at the, the New Testament letters, they're written to the church of. The church of. And it's up to us to live to that. Our, sta- our salvation is afflicted tremendously by our reflection on, on this. For us today, we are called to be a part of a fellowship, to be in unity, to be in community. But I also need to do a, a bit of house cleaning here. I, and I had a sign, the slide that said, warning, 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 beware, beware. There are wolves out there, friends. I pray that you would find discernment as you listen to sermons. I pray that as you listen to TV programs, as you read articles, look for the truth of the gospel that's held in one book. Right here. If it doesn't reconcile, if it doesn't balance, then I encourage you to run. Because you are not in a healthy place. There are people that will compromise, that will compromise themselves to tickle ears. And we've had that preached here for year after year after year, ever since I've been a part of this fellowship. I submit to you that growth comes by teaching the Word and hearing the Word. Today, I'm sorry to say it, but there's a cancer in America. 
this cancer that is it's not godly. Churches are ditching membership. How can I be responsible for the soul of a member or of a person that's attending if I don't know who that person is? How can I be responsible as an elder to pray for you if you blow in the door at ten minutes after the time we start and you blow out as soon as it's over? We have no fellowship at that point. We have no time together at that point. In addition to, to not having membership in the United States and around the world, this is, this is an epidemic. There are many churches today that have stepped away totally from the preaching of the word. They've stepped away from the truth of the gospel. Little, little items. And you, you hear this and think about what you've listened to on TV or what you've read or what you've listened to on the radio. Biblical truths that bring convictions are not preached. Does gluttony make anybody feel guilty here? I can feel pretty guilty over gluttony. Okay. Does watering down God's Word give you an alert? God's Word is every word, not a jot nor tittle, will be taken from this Scripture. We are to hear it, heed it, and obey it. Removing the commandments. Oh, no, no, no. That was Old Testament. If you hear this, friends, be alerted. Run. Not preaching the full counsel of God. Looking at social issues over God's Word. Friends, if you're hearing this, or if you're within the, the earshot of my voice, run. Seek a place. Seek a place. That you hear the truth of the gospel preached day in and day out. Please, we as elders are responsible to protect the souls of the people. Now, I have no, no illusion that we're doing this 100% right. So please, don't take that away from my talk today. Please know that we need God's grace too as we try to lead this body. And that we do have error that does happen. But it's not out of maliciousness. It's not out of tickling ears. It's not out of trying to fill the coffers of the church. Accidents happen. But by God's grace, we are able to walk into and through this with His leading and not our leading. R.C. Sproul writes this. Contemporary church... The contemporary church is looking down its collective noses at the historical church has that. Let me restart this. The contemporary church looking down its collective nose at the historical church has jettisoned anything that might make anyone feel uncomfortable. Calling sin, sin is one of the big ones, including accountability. I'm accountable to you to protect your souls. But as a member of this church, you're accountable back. You're going to hear in, the, in a few minutes those folks that are going to receive membership. And they are going to make a covenant commitment to this church and to use you as brothers and sisters in Christ. 
Sproul cites Hebrews thirteen seventeen, And see if you can fill this. Obey those who rule over you. And be submissive. For they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief. For that would be unprofitable. One of the most severe things that we as elders in this church have to consider is that we are and will be held accountable for our time in this church leading you. If that's not sobering, that one day we will face our, God, our, Lord, in, our Lord in heaven and be accountable for our actions. There are a few things that you should look for in a church. And this is it's very simple and very straightforward. And it's a sign of a good, healthy church is this, is the full counsel of God preached? Do you hear the gospel? Do you see word that is not watered down or not belittled or not cut short? Do you see the sacraments? Baptism, Lord's Supper. Those are committed and they're before you. That's a pretty good sign that you're looking. There's another one. And this is where people run today. It's called accountability. It's called church discipline. When I fall into sin, I would expect you to chase after me. If you disappear and you don't show up here for months on end, your leaders are going to pursue you if you're a member of this church. Why? Because you're that one sheep that got away. And we want to pursue you and make sure that, one, you're okay, that there's no calamity in your life that the church can serve you with. How can we come alongside you if we don't know our people? There are, many, there are many churches today, and I'm running out of time. There are many churches today that consider there's no need for membership, as I've already said. If that is a church that you're looking at to attend, I'd be very, very, very suspect. I would want to know that church membership is biblical. It is the established church. Jesus established that church. It's not a recent thing or a 20th century thing. Jesus established the church. Another series, and I'll finish off here. There are several marks of a healthy church that I encourage you to look for. We've got scriptures. We've got sacraments. We've got... Marks of a healthy church do include this accountability that I just talked about. Peace and purity. If you are sinned against, you should tear down the whole building because someone sinned against you and and cut you off in the parking lot. No. What are you supposed to do? We're supposed to go to that person and reconcile with that person. Are we not? If we read the Word and we believe the Word, we should be willing to do the Word that God has given us. Christ looks for certain things in his body. A commitment to one another. To love thy neighbor as thyself. And it's even more admonished for love your brother in the church. We are to love you more than the person on the street. We share the gospel with the person on the street. We feed them if we can. 
But in membership, in fellowship, we're to come to you and be a part of your lives. And if corrections needed, come to you humble, seeking you for one thing, restoration of our friendship, restoration of each other. In uh, a few minutes, we're going to see a public profession of faith, which I find just God-honoring. Christ says, whoever is ashamed of me and my words, and this is from Mark eight thirty-eight. We're really good at, at this. Whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, this adulterous and sinful generation of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed. Friends, the Son of Man, Christ who died on the cross, if you're ashamed of him, on Judgment Day, he will be ashamed of you. That's how serious it is. When he comes to glory of his Father and glory with the angels. Another mark of a healthy church is an active fellowship and membership those who are willing and desire to become members. This membership is more than just being there to, to mop the floor and clean the tables. It's to sow into one another's lives. It is there to grow in, our, in the Scripture together. Last area, and I'll close. Another mark of the healthy church is spiritual discipline. We're going to come. I'm going to, I'm going to share two things with you when I say this. One, the spiritual discipline for you to grow in the gospel, to grow in Christ's words. Why do we? Why do we sit here and say, "Do your memorization work"? Why do we encourage you towards Bible study? Why do you? We encourage you to read the scriptures on a reading plan. That is to grow you in faith and to be able to walk through this life. So a part of that is the practice of inward practices. You know, those inward practices of Bible study and prayer and of meditation, meditating on God's Word. What does this mean? How do I apply this to my life? Those are all critical questions that we can ask ourselves. There's a corporate practice that we've already talked about. Worship. Celebration, confession, guidance to the church. Are you in a Bible study right now? Do you pick up your word every day and read his word? If you wonder why you're out of gas and beat down and tired and you're not picking this up, I submit to you the answer is right here in this book. When you open your day, when you open your eyes in the morning, being thankful to say, Lord, thank you for keeping me this night and let me open my eyes in the new day of this dawn. Uh, prayer. Prayer for you. Pray for your kids. Pray for your families. Pray for when they're little like this. Pray for her husband and his wife. Now's the time to start praying. Praying that they will come to a saving faith early in life and not have the same hurts we had in our lives. These are all things that we can seek to do and be active. And if you're growing in that, then amen. There's another side. And this is the last area, and I'll stop. There's a side when a brother or sister 
has strayed, who's entered to active sin, who has sinned against one another and won't repent. Scripture tells us that we're to go to the person that offended us individually and to say, this is the offense. If that person says, no, I don't see it that way, then Scripture tells us what? In, in uh, Matthew 18, take a brother or sister, a witness, try again. The whole idea is restoration of the body here, friends. But that doesn't work. And the person still persists in sin, be it adultery, be it thievery, take your pick. Arrogance, take your pick. Then the offended person is to turn it over to the church elders. Then the elders will try one thing to find restoration in that relationship. Friends, there's no joy in putting someone out of the church. There's only joy when you see a family restored, when you see people come unto the Lord, that in the Lord they can find forgiveness of one another. And if they're in a bad place in whatever sin they're in, let victory come to that person and that sin be washed away. A friend of ours had a, a fidelity, an infidelity, and was put out of the church. Through, that, through prayer and supplication, years later, that, church, that person repented of that sin. And it was a joyous day to see that person restored to church fellowship. Friends, don't let it go that far. Gospel says, Word of God says in 1 Corinthians, when a man in Corinth in the Corinthian church refused to forsake an incestuous relationship with his stepmother, the Apostle Paul commanded that the man be removed from their midst. That's an unpenitent heart who will not repent and continues, be it a divorce, unfounded, be it the sin that they're in, whatever that might be. So friends, this is very serious. Know this. You have elders that will contend for you. You have people who will strive to be servants to you, but Christ first and to get you restored. I've gone through a lot. It's been a little bit disjointed. I appreciate you in the heat. And no graphics to, to stimulate you. But you know what? I think God's Word got out here today. I know the worship was God-honoring. And I thank you for your attention. To live is Christ. And to die is gain. Amen. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you call us to grow in our love for you. And to desire your Word. Lord, we thank you praise you, bow before you, we do ask that you would help us desire you more and more. Desire to be more in your word, to be more and more um, 
able to serve you and to understand you. Remind us, Lord, that we are sojourners in this world and that our home is not here, but is with you. Lord, you've given us a promise. Lord, we pray that our sanctification would grow richer every day. That, Lord, we would be more and more Christ-like. Lord Jesus, we ask that as we assemble here, that we would glorify you. Lord, we ask that we would endeavor to live lives that glorify you. Lord, we ask that all that we say and do, we would have the confidence of the truth and the promises that you've poured out upon us. We pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Please stand. We're going to sing Psalm 177 in Christ alone.
benediction today comes from Matthew 5, 9 through 12. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteous sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you. And utter all kinds of evil against you, falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. Um, Please have a seat. We're going to do the new member and then we'll do a final prayer.